NBA banter, apparently. So it's our, uh, it's our Sunday evening sports podcast. Sport Welcome. Podcast. Can, we, can we talk about the fact that the Nets just lost to the Wizards by some crazy freak last points? Hey, listen. Nobody cares about that, Joe. Sorry, man. Listen, the Nets. You know, I care about the Nets, man. Well, I care about the, I, I care about the Wizards because of Westbrook, you know, and okay. I care about the Nets because they got – Hey, they've they've got a three-headed beast that might compete against yours. No, yeah. will, You're right. Thing, they will compete, but they won't repeat. They, I mean, they won't. Let <laughs> no, I me mean, for real. They'll oh, compete. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Excuse me. Repeat? I messed up. The Nets will compete. <laughs> Pam, Pam's, Pam's Lakers, requesting that we shift to football. The, oh, Pam's, we going to uh, get Pam's to my homeboy real quick. But the Lakers will repeat. There's no <laughs> doubt. Thank you, Miguel. They're not going to beat them. They, Thank they you, for, I mean, that's uh, Josh, bro. No, no Denver fan, no Kansas City fan is going to tolerate this Tom Brady nonsense. Uh, yeah, first Let's of go. all, the fact that you even – he's even mentioned Tom Brady. Whatever. I, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm about, this, this is what's about to happen. The GOAT, Tom Brady, <laughs> as good as he is, he will not win his seventh ring. It is a new mm. sheriff in town. His name is Pat Mahomeboy. I would like to hear what everyone has to say about that right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, for all the people joining us, so many names popping up. So glad you guys are here. We love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks for joining us as you all kind of pop in. Clearly, this is going to be a webinar format, if you didn't know that. So we'll have different people sharing at different times. But good to see you all as you come in. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. Good evening, y'all. Good evening. Oh, Philip, he said TB12. I'm, mm, mm, mm. Hey, be careful what you say. Some things is ground for excommunication right now. That ain't, that is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good game. It's going to, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I think it'll be a good game. So, uh, Melanie just hopes both teams have fun. That's so sweet, Melanie. Oh, my <laughs> we love you. That was so sweet. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's good. They'll have fun, all right. One team. They're gonna have some fun. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure, it's good. (laughs) Awesome. Well, good evening, you all. Thanks for joining. Thanks for uh, hopping on this Saturday night. We do appreciate you spending your time with us. So um, we're actually going to get started here, um, really soon. Yeah, we are. Thank you, everyone, for for joining us tonight. We know that. Everyone has busy schedules. Some of you just put your kids down to bed and you would probably like to just be hanging out, but you're taking time to be with us tonight. So we want to thank you for doing that. It just means a lot. We're thankful that you're, you are excited about what's going on, that you care about what's happening in the life of our church. Uh, so thanks for being here tonight. We want to honor your time. Uh, so we're going to jump right in. Let me just give you a little heads up about what the evening is going to look like. Uh, just a minute, I'm going to pray and we'll get we'll get going. Um, we're going to have opportunities for some of our staff to share so you'll get to hear some of their heart and vision for uh, the merger. Um, and then there'll also be some just members from the congregation just sharing some things, some thoughts they have, some reasons why they're excited. Also, I want to let you know that all the way through our time together, you can be uh, asking questions, and it'd be best to do that in the Q&A section, if you would. Please keep saying hi to everybody in the chat, but if you would, put your questions into the Q&A. That would help us be able to get to those questions. It would keep it from being confused with all the chat stuff going on. So if you would, uh, and if you have questions already right now, ready to go, feel free to 
go ahead and put those in the Q&A and we'll start getting those ready to answer towards the end. So again, you don't have to wait to the end to ask your questions. You can do that uh, right up front. And so I'm about to pray. Before I do that, though, uh, we just want to acknowledge that, that there are people on different ends of the spectrum here. Some, some folks that I've talked to are super excited about this conversation. Uh, others aren't necessarily there yet because they still have questions. And hopefully tonight, those who are excited get more excited. For those of you who have questions, we're hoping those questions get answered. And for those of you kind of in the middle aren't sure what to feel, again, we're just so glad you're here. Thank you for taking time uh, on your busy schedule to be with us tonight. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then I'm going to hand it over to Joel. So let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for this evening. Lord, I just thank you for everyone who has been able to take some time tonight um, and just kind of hear the vision, uh, hear the heart uh, for this merger with Grace City. God, we are excited about the potential to have Park Church in the Highlands, Park Church downtown. But Lord, we also know that that uh, there's questions and um, areas that need some clarity. So tonight, God, I pray that you would answer those questions, that you would bring clarity. God, we want to hear from you tonight. God, we want to know that this is exactly what you're calling us to as a church. And so God, pray that you would bring that confidence, that assurance, that excitement about the next season in the life of Park Church. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to hand it over to Joel. To you, buddy. Good evening to all of you. Happy Sunday night. Not to be confused with Saturday night. Um, we, uh, man, we're, we're excited just to be with you guys and hopefully just get more and more time together. I think it's been a tricky season to try to commu communicate with everybody. Um, just even not being able to gather everybody in one building. And so thank you guys for your interest in this, for those that are watching right now and participating right now. And then also those of you that are watching later. Um, I'm just going to hopefully just lead us through a short reflection, um, if you will. And, and as I do, I want to encourage each of you to listen with a, like an open ear, an open heart tonight. Uh, some of you guys are coming in like more loaded. Some of you guys are more coming in more excited. All of us have different perspectives, as Chris mentioned earlier. Um, and also the implications of this decision. And so um, I think some some might be kind of just on a on a scale, and that's great. And we love it, love it, love it. Um, but I want to I want you to all to consider for a moment this this reality, and that it's this is that God is on the move. That the the Creator God that we serve is on the move, and He's always on the move, advancing His kingdom. He's always at work in new ways, doing new things. Um, and as a church, we want to be open hard and open-eyed to see what he is doing and all that he's leading us into and guiding us into as well. And so um, it's just a reminder of that. And so just even as a way of trying to trigger our minds, our hearts, our eyes uh, to engage in this reality, I want to ask you guys really like three simple questions tonight um, that'll hopefully help kind of open us up a little bit as we kind of begin to explore this whole, whole thing. And so um, the first question I want to ask you, which is really just a self-examination of like, why are you in Denver? Why are you in Colorado? So just for a moment, just close your eyes and think about it. Like, why are you here uh, in this moment in time right now? What brought you to Denver? So some of you, your eyes are closed and it's a pretty easy answer. You're like, I was born here and that's why I'm here. I've been here for a long time. And that's uh, a few of you, but it's not a lot of you. Um, but another, another question, as you think about why are you here, I want to ask another, ask this question another way. What do you hope to kind of 
be about while you are here in Denver. And so if you get everything out of your time in Denver that you want from it, what would you get out of it? So for, for, uh, for majority of people that are probably on this call, you, you uh, moved here for a reason. And so it might be a job. It might be for adventure. It might be for a change of scenery after college. Um, it might be to get away from the heat or the South or to be close to the mountains. Um, some of you guys had a deep desire to become an expert in all things hobby uh but whatever it is whatever the lure was you are here for a reason and and what kind of what do you want to gain from your time here in denver that's one one question i'm asking you um and that's a real one um you you probably moved here for a reason and so just kind of slow down think about that and you're like yeah if i'm honest this is why i'm here uh second question it gets a little bit trickier and but it's this not only why are you in Colorado, but in another way, why is God in Colorado? What is God up to in Colorado? He created Colorado and he is at work in Colorado. And so I want to, I want to say this in the same way that you're on a mission that you moved here or you were born here and you're on a mission in Colorado to do something or accomplish something here in Colorado. God is as well. God is on the move in Colorado. And so Based on your understanding of who God is and what he's, what he's accomplishing in, in world history, but not just that, but today and now, here and now in Denver, what is God at work doing? And uh, I think a few things that kind of came to my mind that I was thinking about, so I was like, man, God, what do you, what do I know that you're up to? What are you like on mission about in Colorado? What are some of those things that come to your mind that you know are true about God? in Colorado. And so a few of the things that came to my mind were, man, he's flooding Denver with his glory as waters cover the earth. He wants to fill Denver with his glory. We already see a lot of it, but he wants to fill it with more of himself. Uh, he wants us to see him. And so uh, I also know that God wants to see his kingdom come more in Denver, uh, here in Denver as it is in heaven. He wants to see more people come to know him and love him and follow him. He wants to see us as his church fall in love with more and more in more love with him and also look more and more like him. Now he, he wants to see humans and culture flourishing more to look more and more like him and like his kingdom. And so that's, that's just a thought and saying, okay, not only what am I up to in Colorado, but what is God up to in Colorado? And I, I just want to, I want to say this, I, I'm, I moved here intentionally to work at park, you know, so, uh, you know, I know Chris just moved here more recently, uh, Miguel as well. But all of us have a purpose here, what we're looking for in our time here. And I just want us to think for a moment that not only are you at work in Colorado for a reason, but also God is at work in Colorado, which takes us to our third question. And this is this, that not only are you at work, God is at work. How might we join God's work in Colorado? I moved here for a reason. And sometimes I can forget. I'm like, oh, man, this place is great. I can kind of just let my guard down. It's like, that was awesome. And yet I forget why I came here, you know? And so with your history, I want you to think about this with your history, with your education, with your skill set, with your, with your creation gifts, the way your personality type is formed, but also your spiritual gifts, the way that the spirit has formed you and given you gifts, the way your passions are formed. What might God have you do to join his work in Colorado? Cause I'm going to say this, if your work is not tied to God's work, it's no work that's worth doing. If your work isn't tied to God's work, it's no work that's worth doing. Um, you're going to be left empty at the end of the day and not satisfied. And so another question 
that gets at the same thing. Does your mission of why you're in Colorado align with his, or are they headed in separate directions? If they're different, then it's time to have it come to Jesus and consider that you need to join a new mission. And so uh, it might be kind of too intense to say, okay, what are the next 10 steps you need to take? What are the things you need to do to get your work perfectly aligned with, with uh, the work of God in Denver? But I just want to say this. Let's take it back even more simple. And just even asking tonight, what, what is the next step that Jesus is inviting you to take on your journey towards joining him in his work? And so hopefully we're getting that, that we're going to be talking a little bit more about Park Church downtown. And really, um, this, is, this is, in one sense, about Park Church, Park Church downtown, but it's also even more about the work of God in Denver and how, you're, how you and we are joining it. And so does that make sense? I, mean, my, my, I know I can't see you all, so it's a little bit tricky right now, but what might God be calling you to do in order to re-engage his heart for the city and his mission? And so I'm going to ask some very simple things. So some of us, um, we heard about Park Church downtown. You're like, that's great. I don't feel called to go. I'm here more just to get some more information about this. Um, God might be, your next step might be just be saying, hey, I'm going to stay faithful in the Highlands, refreshing our sense of mission of why we are at Park Church in the Highlands. And what we're up to, this is a beautiful and faithful step. We need people to faithfully serve there. It might be signing up for Caitlin's Park Kids announcement, saying, you know, I'm going to serve in Park Kids. That's my next step for faithful service and joining God in his work. Um, another, another one, for some of you, it might look like heading downtown and volunteering and in whatever ways are needed and saying, hey, I don't even know what's going to, it might be saying, hey, I'm signing up for the, for the vision and, uh, and prayer nights. I'm going to go down there. That's my next faithful step. And I just want to hear more about what God is doing there and say, God, what are you up to? So no matter what the next step is, I want to encourage all of you tonight, be open to the voice of God, um, whatever, whatever he's doing, consider sharing it with somebody else saying, hey, this is what I feel like God is asking me to do. What's the next step? Not the next 10 steps that God's asking you to do. What's the next step that God's asking you to do? And I just want to close this time with this, just short encouragement. Um, when we look back at our lives, um, it's another year, which is crazy. It's gone by. We're getting close to Ash Wednesday where we kind of consider our own mortality again. Um, but like when we look back at our lives, what are we going to regret the most? Uh, I, I don't think we're going to look back and regret the things that we attempted and failed at for God. Um, but I think we will regret the things that we never attempted. And so uh, Gary and I were talking earlier today. He reminded me of a William Carey quote. And so I want to read it. And it says this, it says, expect great things and attempt great things. Expect great things, attempt great things. And so um, we're just asking as a church, what are some prayerful, maybe even some risky ways that we can join Jesus's mission in Denver? Um, and so that when we look back on our, on our lives, we say, man, we expected great things of Jesus. And we also attempted great things um, for him. And so um, these are some of the questions that we've been asking as elders, as staff members, uh, we're asking ourselves. I grew up uh, kind of around beach culture. I grew up, I was born in California. I was raised in Brazil. So we go to the beach and, and even if you've ever been surfing, you can feel the water swelling and grow and going down, swelling and going down. If there's waves, you can feel the water. And at some point you have to ask if you're surfing, am I going to start paddling? You know, and I think that's the question that we've been asking um, as elders and staff members is saying, hey, is God calling us to do a new move? It, are, are the waters rising? Is there a wave forming that we want to join him in a wave of the spirit that's calling us to do something new in the city? And that's what we feel like God is doing um, in us. And so it's keeping us on our toes. But I just want to say this. It's not enough for a couple of staff members and elders to paddle. We need everybody paddling and joining in and saying, hey, 
um, even the other day during a prayer time, I'm just, I had a picture in my mind's eye of just a bunch of surfboards and a bunch of people paddling down, catching this wave. I think it's not just about a couple of people. It's about us saying, Jesus, we want to walk in step with you. Uh, we want to expect great things of you, but also we want to attempt great things, which means we're paddling and we're saying, spirit, lead us where we want to join you in your work here and now. So um, that's it. I hope you guys are encouraged. I'm going to hand it off to Gary now. Love that. Uh, thanks, Joel. My heart's full, man. Uh, just thinking about what God is calling each of us to. Uh, this is what we kind of we're hoping as a whole church. This is a season for us to re kind of like engage our hearts. There's a lot through COVID and a lot of the hard things we've walked through over the past years as a church. That's like, just like get through it. Try to try to like navigate through chaotic waters. And we feel like God really has been preparing us for something that he's doing right now. And it's, um, it's exciting to see the way that as we've been kind of listening to God, trying to pursue him, trying to seek his face, trying to pray and fast and ask him what, what he kind of is calling us as a church family to, seeing the way that this kind of uh, season is kind of meeting a lot of different people in some really sweet and powerful ways and even resonating together with this sense God's doing something new in the world. The disruption of this past year uh, isn't by accident in God's purposes for the world. Uh, disruption and crisis often are the gateway to renewal. Some of you have read that, Mark Sayers, Reappearing Church, a great book that we read as a staff a couple of years ago with this sense of like God's doing something before COVID. God's doing something. And Mark Sayers says kind of like, there's all these things in society that are just the evidence, like the kind of the tide swells out and then the tide comes in. It's just like the, the kind of rhythm of history um, of the movements of God. There's like just a starve where the church is like starving. You feel like a deadness and a callousness and a staleness. And, uh, and often it's that kind of like momentum's building where God's going to break in. It's funny in his book, he says that one of the big things typically throughout history with great awakenings and revivals of different kinds, it's that crises are the gateway to renewal. And he wrote that before COVID. And so then to look at this past year and think about all the sort of personal and cultural and church crises we've faced, and just say in the midst of these things, God's doing something good. Uh, he always is. He's always at work. We sing about that even when I don't see it, you're working. And he is. And we really believe that. And so uh, it's weird to say this right now where we've been so disconnected from so many in our church family. And I get that. We get that. A lot of you I haven't seen face to face in a long time. Uh, haven't been able to worship in person. Hopefully when we get kids open back up and as vaccines roll out uh, for the various reasons why people haven't been able to gather, hopefully we can uh, continue to build and grow um, kind of in our ability to have more people in our Sunday gatherings. Um, it's a joy to see people week after week, but it's it's weird to be talking about these things while we're, we're so disconnected. And I mentioned this, um, you know, last week, that we often do see God do really beautiful things in the, in the midst of really turbulent times. Um, often it's when like the status quo has been disrupted that we begin to feel like, man, God's stirring things up, things are unsettled. And often that's the sort of catalyst for gospel renewal. And, uh, and so as we have processed as individuals, but also as an elder team, we've been praying for years about what would it look like to participate in God's kind of the movement of the gospel in Denver. And, uh, and as we've prayed about that, uh, the kind of, where we had landed years ago and have continued to think about and pray about and learn from other churches and denominations and movements that have gone before us. Uh, the idea of one church in multiple congregations has been on our heart for a long time. And, uh, and it's a way that we feel like we can steward what God's been doing at Park, who we are as a church family, uh, kind of the, the role we already have in the city and the sort of gospel movement. So many amazing churches in the city. There's some 
wonderful, wonderful churches. So we've thought about how do we steward who we are, who God's called us to be. I want to be really clear. We don't think this one church and two congregations is the right way to do it. Uh, I don't think uh, often there's like this, this right way. Uh, there are clearly unhealthy ways and wrong ways, but in God's kingdom throughout history, he's worked through a lot of different models and different ways. And so for us, the idea of one church, multiple congregations was on our heart, stuff we had been kind of laying a foundation for in different ways. And so when the opportunity to partner with Grace City came up, uh, it wasn't we were, we were kind of like striving for, it wasn't we were like out searching for a church merger or something like that. It was through a friendship, through a friendship with the church that was doing beautiful work in the city that we love and respect and care about. And in conversations with their pastors and leaders, this real resonance of vision and ultimately that conviction that we think we can do this better together, that together, partnered together as one church and two congregations will be more effective at doing what God's called us to do in the city. And so we're excited about that as a, as a leadership team. Our staff has been locked tight and united as we've walked through questions for the past five or six months, a number of leaders in the church that have been engaged in it, Grace City's leaders. It's been really sweet to see the Lord bring a lot of unity and joy and excitement. One of the questions that's come up that I think is totally valid, I want to address it out of the gate, is this um, question about, uh, you know, we talk about the elders of Park Church. I want to just take a minute and commend uh, our elder team. It's been, you know, a wild year in leadership in any, uh, in any organization or any community or family. Just leading your family to make decisions this time can be overwhelming. And just the way our elder team uh, has led through this has been really uh, powerful just to feel a real sense of unity and joy as we've, we've processed this together. And so I'm really grateful for Jason, for Joel, really grateful for Eric and for David and Chris as he's joined the team this year. And um, just so many things that I'm grateful for, but we acknowledge our elder team is not a sufficient team to shepherd the church as it is already, much less one church and two congregations. And so uh, we'll be sharing more in the weeks to come in February, but just wanted to let you all know that we're in the process with several uh, new elder candidates that we'll, we'll kind of be formally inviting uh, into candidacy and announcing to the church to get feedback and questions and prayer for uh, these men that would join our team. And we'll be sharing that in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're excited, but we feel that is a real reality uh, that we want to grow in our shepherding presence. That even as we think about multiplication, that it should be the multiplication of shepherds as well as multiplication of disciples and disciple makers. That we don't want to be the ones that are just doing ministry, but we need more shepherds to equip the saints for the work of the ministry that's equipping you all to do the things God's called you to do in a city. And so more to come on that, but we recognize, have recognized for a long time uh, that we've needed to continue to develop and grow uh, more uh, people into eldership at Park. And we're excited to share some big news about that uh, in the next couple of weeks. So I wanted to share that, but then I also want to kind of like kick it back to you all before we hear a little from Miguel and some other folks and then open it up to questions. Um, this really, we don't want this to be kind of a movement of a leadership team. Uh, we want this to be a movement of God in all of us. And so I want to encourage you, like Joel encouraged us, just to begin to even open up your heart now and say, God, if this is something you're doing, maybe you have questions, right? We talk about personality types. Some personality types jump to excitement. We'll figure out the questions later. Some personality types jump to the questions, say, man, I want to see these things. All of that is a gift that helps us make healthy decisions with healthy perspective and thoughts. Um, but I think kind of posturing your heart to God, if this is something you're doing, how would you want me to be involved? And so Joel mentioned that, um, but we're going to be sharing a survey uh, today uh, with you all, with the whole church family, asking for people to begin to open up their hearts. Say, God, what, where, where might you be calling me? It's not commitment time or something, but where, where might you be calling me? And we're praying that 100 to 200 people 
uh, out of a church of like 12, 1300 or so, you know, 100 to 200 would feel called to join the mission downtown. Uh, that's not everybody. But for those that don't feel called to join the mission downtown, we're praying that we'd feel called to re-engage in mission uh, at Park. And that doesn't mean like serve the church gathering. Uh, it means engage in the things God's called you to do as the family of God that we call Park Church. And so that might be re-engaging in your neighborhood. It might be re-engaging by serving the church, getting back into community, coming on Sundays again, getting kind of reconnected or having a plan uh, to get re-engaged after a time of disengagement. So. Um, we're going to send out just a, a survey to get a pulse on some of those things, but also asking you to think about, God, where could I participate uh, in this church family? Where could I use my gifts to help serve this family? Um, and so our uh, prayer is that we as a church would see this as a, as a season for all of us to re-engage, saying God's on the move. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a weird time, uh, but it's actually, for me, it's been catalytic to see God on the move, to stop kind of navel-gazing my way through COVID and saying, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to uh, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be contemplative. I want to bask in your love. I want to rest, uh, but also I want to be active in your purposes. And so we're we're praying that that would be the case for all of us. So Ryan will be sharing a little more about that survey to come. But I want to uh, kind of hand it over to Miguel. Uh, he'll share a little bit of what he's excited about, and then we'll um, jump into a few other stories and uh, and then some questions. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Appreciate that. Man, here's what, you know, I want to start off my time to just remind you of something that I said um, in the video, and it's worth reminding ourselves when we're doing something difficult, when we're going through change, man, and, and, and that is, um, it is going to cost us something. Um, seriously, it will. Anytime you follow Jesus, anytime you give your life to the Lord, it's going to cost us something, um, and, for, for, and, and, and it's going to cost us something to grow. Why does God allow us to grow and, and change and uh, difficult seasons, I'm not sure, but um, nevertheless, he he grows us in the midst of these times. And so, not only is it going to cost our like cost staff and 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 cost some people in upper leadership, but hey man, it's going to cost our body something. There will be friends and families that you enjoy seeing or in community with that may decide to go, or some may decide to stay. And those are real losses. Those are real losses that we experience. And so. Um, I'm not going to act like it, it'll all be sweet and roses. Um, it's not. Oftentimes what God calls us to does come with some tears and does come with some, some unknown and frustrating times. But nevertheless, um, nevertheless, it's so worth it um, to really press in and to do what God has called us to do. One thing my wife said to me and I, and it, when we were on our way coming out here to um, Colorado uh, a couple years ago was she said, Miguel, I would rather for us to be uncomfortable and obedient in God's will instead of be comfortable and disobedient. And so I pray um, that as we move forward, that you diligently seek God and ask God, man, what is he calling us to do? What is he stirring in you, whether you're in the Highlands or going downtown? Because it's going to cost us something. And, um, and, and we got to be willing to press in. And, and one of the things that I, I will say that I'm excited about this, this opportunity for us to to move. It's, this is not just for um, Park Downtown, but I believe that this is for both um, congregations. So don't just think, oh, I'm not going downtown, so I have to tap out of what I'm getting ready to say. But one of the things that I'm looking forward to do, of looking forward to what can happen for us as a church, as a whole church, is that we have an opportunity to re, re, um, 
to re-engage, to be reinvigorated with the gospel. We have an opportunity to have and to be a legit prophetic voice in the midst of a dark time. Um, and, 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 we, and we know that we get to be this because in First, uh, First Chronicles chapter 12, it talks about how it says the men of, it says the men of Issachar who had understanding of the time to know what Israel ought to do. And what's important about that as we get ready to move downtown, as we get ready to even, and as we're staying here is they, they knew God's word, but they also sought, uh, uh, sought to understand the world in the city in order to, to apply what is taking place. So as we get ready to engage, yes, we're going to be a prophetic voice, but it doesn't come, but we have to be one that is willing to listen to God's word, know his word, but also seek to understand. So we want to have a posture of learning. We can't go with guns blazing thinking we got all the answers. And so we want to survey the land. We want to hear what the pulse of the city is. And guess what? Re-engage and what's the pulse of the city in the Highlands as well. That's what we want to do. And in addition to that, how this keeps trickling down to what Pastor Chris and Pastor Gary and even Pastor Joel mentioned to is that we have an opportunity to, to step in and use things that God has given us for his body and for other people. My mind goes to Acts chapter two, where he talks about how they devote themselves to the teaching, fellowship and breaking the bread, but really the word, I mean, and prayer also. And they didn't just stop with that. It also speaks later on in Acts chapter two and verse 44. It says that, get this, it says, and all who believe were together and had all things in common. And then they even went further, said they sold their possessions. And, and belongings and distributed the process uh, and distributed all to those who are in need. And the beautiful thing about that is that we have an opportunity, whether in the Highlands or even downtown, to give our resources, to give the things that we have so that no one is without need. That's not just physical, but it's, it's spiritual needs, it's um, mental needs, it's engaging in the whole man and woman um, in the areas that God is calling us to. And, and, I, and within the body of the uh, within the body of Christ, but then, as I as I'll talk about, it says also in uh, first uh, first Corinthians chapter twelve that God has given various gifts, various gifts for variety for a variety of services for a varieties of activities. So get this. So whether the pe the people that are already at Grace City and even the people that are at Park who will go down there whichever the place may be, there's gifts that God is already stirring in them that's already there and gifts that God has empowered each and every believer that profess that Jesus is Lord. But the beautiful thing is that he gives various gifts various active for various activities for a variety of services. And it all comes from the same God who empowers, who empowers them all to in, in everyone. And it says, and, and not only just does it empower to everyone, but each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And so what we see here is God is also giving us gifts to engage, not just the body, but for the people that we will get to minister to for the common good, the gifts that God has given each and every one of you all to be able to steward and to be able to bring glory to God's name. And so we have a unique opportunity to press into this and to really see God's vision and really see God do some amazing and crazy things. Um, and, and I'm excited for that.
Will it be hard? Absolutely. Is it going to be difficult? Absolutely. But yet, will things come to pass and will fruit bear? Absolutely, because we're pressing into what God's called us to do. And so as we get ready to move going downtown or even stand in the highlands, here's what I want to encourage you and leave you with as you start to process even the questions that Pastor Joel was leading our time with is that are you going to be, are you going to be faithful enough to stay the course? I think about what God has called Abraham. God called Moses, men of the faith, men that we read about. God promised them something and it was years years before the things actually took place. And so God was with them and meeting them in the mundane things of life, in the ordinary things of life. So when things seem mundane, when things seem ordinary, I want to encourage you not to tap out, um, but yet to press in because there will be frustrating and trying times, but yet we want to be a people that is faithful and consistent so that we can be able to see God move in a very powerful, powerful way, man. And I'm excited about that because it's not just um, our pastors, it's not just our elders that's pressing in, but you, our, our brothers and sisters in the faith, um, you have gifts and we get to see those things manifested and, and God use you in powerful and mighty ways. So I'm excited for what's about to take place um, here in the city of Denver. Um, and, and, and I'm praying that God grants us long life so that we can be able to tell stories for generations to come on how we see God move in a crazy way, um, even when in, in the midst of a pandemic um, in that. So um, what I'll do is go ahead and um, I think I'll kick it off, kick it back to Ryan, and uh, we'll continue to move forward um, at this time. So love y'all and uh, grateful hey. for y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Miguel. appreciate that, man. I love your passion. That's awesome. It's it's uh, exciting for me to be able to introduce to you Matt Hand. Matt just came from a meeting with his church, so now he's joining us here. Matt is the lead pastor of Grace City Church. Uh, I had the opportunity with my family to worship down at Grace City today. It was so great hearing Matt preach today. So I'm excited for all of you to get to meet him a little bit. He's going to share uh, just a little bit of his heart for the city and then why he's excited about um, merging Gray City and Park Church together. So Matt, why don't you go ahead and take it from here, bud? Sure, and thank you all for, it means a lot to uh, see all of you participants on here just um, digging in, whether I, I just jumped on after finishing my call and I jumped on where Miguel was saying, you know, whether you're praying about coming downtown or staying in the Highlands, we hope it's kind of a catalyst of, of joy and missional movement for all of us. And uh, so thanks for letting me jump on and share just a little bit. Um, I'd almost rather like respond to a specific Q&A, that way I'm not just sharing a bunch of stuff you, you don't wanna hear, but, um, but we, are, we are excited about downtown, corner of Park Avenue and Broadway, um, obviously a significant corner with a very diverse, um, very diverse ethnically and socioeconomically and a cross section of blue collar and white collar and artists. And, um, it's just, you know, if you've been to that area, you know, it's, it's a fun area, but it's a very troubled area. Um, like we got to see all of it again today and it's just, it's super exciting. It's a lot of joy. Um, we're coming from East Denver where it's a little bit more, um, kind of homogenous our neighborhood and so this was part of our vision our family's vision four years ago it's just felt called to 
more urban, more diverse, um, some, some youth of ministry, incorporating more artistry of ministry with the rhino and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and just trying to impact the city from the inside out rather than kind of doing this suburban thing where we go in and do a ministry and then leave and don't really understand the long-term effects of doing that kind of ministry. Um, and it's just kind of leaving people high and dry. So, um, let me just read Ryan's question here real quick. Um, so I'm incorporating this. Yeah. So questions about work that we've done. So we, um, this has been a, about a, about a four year, um, about a four year process to move our church downtown. Um, two years, well, one year of looking for a property, two years of completely gutting and renovating that property, and then one year there. And we did, I think, five or six services starting last February and then got shut down for 27 weeks. We were doing live stream and we're not there. And our building was actually turned over to the city and was used as a homeless shelter so that they had more space to socially distance. And we, uh, we showed movies and uh, history channel and science and all kinds of stuff like all day long and served meals out of our building for six months. And um, so that was like, we, we want to be responsive that way with the resource that God has blessed us with just where that, that took us all by surprise. And we're like, okay, this isn't going to look like what we thought. So what is a way that we can bless the community right now? And just kind of, I, I heard Miguel saying, even come in as learners. And that was important to us of like, we don't, we don't know what we don't know. So we want to ask a lot of questions, have a lot of conversations, do a lot of listening, write down everything we're hearing, and then kind of capture some themes of like, where are the needs that are still identified that a church that's pursuing Christ and pursuing the shalom of the city, where could we jump in and really make some kind of impact by, by loving someone here. Um, you know, we've, we've talked through with our congregation before we came down some of the challenges we were seeing around um, not so much diversity. That's less of a challenge. Um, I think we have a relatively welcoming city and the people that live and work and even play around that area um, seem to kind of accept there's a lot of people down here that don't look like me and, and, we mostly get along and that works really well, but kind of teaching around, you know, the, the homeless population and some people having fears or questions or doubts, like how do you work around these people? Like, is it safe? And um, so we want to, we want to do follow-ups. Tonight's not the, the purpose of that, but just talking around, you know, how to prepare for life and ministry in the city. And uh, I just second what Miguel said that like, when you start asking a lot of questions and just loving kind of the one, that's right in front of you. Um, I think that's the quickest way to learn and just kind of like let God break your heart for what's breaking his heart and you develop a passion and a vision real quick, just meeting a few people and having a few conversations. So that's me and then I'll just, I'll just address specific questions. Are there a couple that I could jump in on or I'll just sit and listen and applaud you guys' questions and answers, so. Matt, one real quick, uh, how big is Grace City? That's a question that I think some people have. Uh, been how asking. big? That's a great question right now. <laughs> I, I had a pretty definitive answer to that question about a year ago at this time. Um, we, I think it was the first or second Feb, uh, Sunday in February, 
that after two years of construction, we finally had a CO to occupy our building. And uh, we were going down there to do preview services like February, March, and then officially launch on Easter Sunday. And around that time, it was, um, it was about 100, low, low hundreds. And uh, through COVID, we had a number of families actually move away from Denver to be closer to family. And I don't, maybe you had a similar dynamic, but just move places that were less expensive. Several people lost jobs during that time and, and just kind of like moved back home for them. And we've had probably 40 or so percent of the church, 30, 40% of the church that's almost entirely um, online. So I get to do like house calls and see them and they're still um, a bunch of them were just on the call. I just like our call just now we had 22 families on the call. Um, that's, that wasn't nearly the whole church, but I was excited to see that many that wanted to jump on just to ask some clarifying questions for them. And, uh, and I will share, it was like, it was a super exciting call. Like, I mean, it was super encouraging. Just, um, their questions were really like, it was more like, um, celebration, like packaged as a question so they could sneak it into Q and A. And it was really just like, here's what I'm excited about. And we're like, and what's the question in there? So um, it was very encouraging to our leadership team and some lay leaders just to see that kind of joy and then hear that I was late coming over because we just had um, like prayer time at the end and it was supposed to be like these short minute prayers and people were just like amazing prayers of just how, you know, just celebrating in God's kindness to our church, to your church, to this neighborhood and what we believe can be like really positive long term impacts to this community. Um, that's a long-winded say, way of saying we're probably un, a little under a hundred right now um, and getting kind of new families every week right now as we've reopened. Um, I mean, still in COVID with distancing and all that. So it's just a weird time of like who's, who's coming and staying, but it's um, we dipped a little below a hundred and it's kind of definitely growing right now. So. Awesome. That is great. And thank you for, you know, jumping from one Zoom call to the next. Um, in kind of the spirit of celebration and um, just kind of what God has been up to within our congregation, um, we have asked kind of a series of folks to share what they're excited about. Um, I know this is more of a webinar style, so not everyone can um, kind of jump in particularly well, but um, I'm encouraged just listening to all those voices and what God has been stirring in individual hearts and how we've kind of been able to bring that together and what this is meant for our church and can mean for our church. Um, so with that, I'm going to actually pass it over um, to Hans and Becca Edlund um, to share a little bit of what they're excited about and um, yeah, just kind of how their family is processing through this. Uh, I'm Hans. Uh, we've been coming to Park Church for almost nine years now, and um, I think one of the biggest privileges that it's been for me to be in part of Park Church has been watching and participating as Park has repeatedly over and over again submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit in some really sacrificial and wildly wild ways that are actually really uncommon amongst the churches at large. Particularly in the last couple of years, something that's really aligned with what God's doing in my heart has been 
kind of how we've been following the Holy Spirit in pursuing God's heart for justice and reconciliation and confronting injustice, confronting racism. And this is hard business the Spirit's been leading us in. And I feel like this merger, this new campus is really an opportunity to kind of turn that work up to 11, right? And I'm really excited for what God has for us in this realm going forward in the next few years as we kind of add this focus. Um, I second everything he said. I was really glad he was going to include that because it's certainly been a part of my joy in hearing about Grace City. Um, but I think what Matt said, just the ministry that they've had to the homeless, um, the care for the least of these in our community is something really beautiful that isn't as organic at Park. Not that it's not around us, but it's not right in our face. Um, so to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that community. Um, and then I think it's just a really beautiful picture to be in the heart of the city um, and to see what it would look like to see the gospel flow out from that. Um, and, and there are other churches doing good work there. So just to partner alongside them um, to continue that work is something really beautiful to me. Um, and then, you know, Hans and I aren't surfers, but to go along with what Joel said, like we're here to paddle, like we're ready to do the work because I think it's a lot of what God's been preparing us for. Um, just the way he's been teaching us. I think we're excited to see what that looks like in this context. Thank you guys. That is great. And uh, I know that y'all have been faithfully um, serving here in at Park for a long time. Now I'm going to flip it over to Meg Batts. Hi, Park Church your family. Last name, right? <laughs> um, it's pronounced bots like robots. Okay. That's what I typically tell people. So, um, yeah. Hi, <laughs> Park Church family. Um, great to see you all. I have um, been a part of this local body for I think three or four years, and just really honored to to be a part of what God is doing here in Denver. And uh, as I was hearing our pastors and leaders speak tonight, um, just the parable of the great banquet came to my mind. Uh, this is from Luke 14, starting with uh, verse 12. And Jesus uses this parable of the great banquet to describe uh, basically his kingdom. And it's this table and he basically says, when you, um, when you give a dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and the blessed. Um, or, and you will be blessed. And, uh, and so in this parable, there's all these people who they're busy with their own lives or their own kind of agendas. And um, they, they're like, hey, thanks for the invite, but I'm over here doing this other thing. I just bought a field. I just got married. Um, and the giver of this banquet sends out a servant, and he basically says, okay, all these people aren't coming. So, um, and so he gives this report to, to the banquet master, and he says, you know what? There is still room at the table. Go um, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. And I think what I'm excited about in hearing 
about this partnership is just that this is the heart of God. Uh, this is the heart of Christ for our city, for us to have a wider table. And that's not just something that we're doing in, in name, but there are more, there are different types of cuisines that we can pass to each other at this table. Uh, there's more resources that we can pass, but there's also more needs. And I think every need that is presented is an opportunity for God's grace and for God's glory to be seen. Um, and that reminds me of the, just the verse that Joel shared in Habakkuk 2, this prophetic image of the water level kind of increasing in a city. And that takes everybody um, kind of pouring this water of like the glory of God. And it, it's really all of us. But uh, no matter where we are, the more that we're doing the work of God, that we're going to see this water level rise in our city of God's glory is going to be seen. And I think anytime we are breaking down barriers uh, for that water to flow where God wants it to flow, um, that's a really exciting thing. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is just, I think the heart of Jesus is just always asking who is missing from this table. Um, and well, I guess the last thing I do want to share is um, actually a verse right before uh, the great banquet parable. Uh, back in verse eight, where it says, when you're invited to someone, invited by someone to a wedding feast, don't sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. Um, but when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. And I think in that is this posture of humility that we have been invited to the table and um, that's something that no matter who we are, that's a place of honor and we should be humbled by that. And we can come into that with, with a posture of humility and listening and learning. And I'm just really excited to see what, how both of these communities, um, both the, the people who call themselves the church at this point in time and the people that we exist to serve in our city would be mutually enriched uh, by this partnership. Um, wow. Thank you, Meg. That was, uh, great. And thank you for sharing from your heart, uh, for all of us. That was, thank you for that. Um, now, uh, Chance and McKaylee Co. I just get to kind of facilitate a bunch of amazing people sharing about uh, how God is moving in their heart. Um, yeah, thank you for that, Meg. That was so good. Um, I think, that goes in step with what we've been feeling and what we're really excited about um, is the um, revival and kind of like a renewed energy for the church. Um, I think everyone can agree that there's been an element of feeling like limited in this past year, um, possibly even debilitated. And I think Chance and I have felt really convicted over this past year of how Holy Spirit does not care about a freaking virus. And um, we, like, we should be able to push through that, right? Like, so many worse things have happened in church history, even right now around the world, um, that Holy Spirit has been able to work through and move through. And so um, with this partnership, we're really excited for 
um, just like a revival, like a fervor and not just for something that goes downtown, um, but that we'll all be able to um, use our gifts in a wider variety of areas. And um, yeah, Chance and I are just really praying that um, we would all feel encouraged and pushed and challenged to work through hard things, um, not fall into like the cultural narrative of like hard things make you lie down, but hard things make us like lean on the spirit and fight harder. Yeah, um, man, you guys have used a lot of water analogies and pictures and that that hits home for me. I, uh, I, I work for a, a large water utility in Denver. Um, <laughs> you could probably guess which one of this. Uh, I wasn't planning on sharing this uh, initially when I wanted to share about what I'm excited about, but man, I, I also just kind of want to say ditto to everything that's already been shared. Um, man, a few years ago, I had a dream about this giant wave coming over the city of Denver, and I was riding, I was on a surfboard suddenly, and there was somebody behind me teaching me how to surf, um, and I'm pretty sure it was Jesus in the dream. Uh, so it's just been cool to kind of see that uh several other times just tonight come back up and just want to show you guys encourage that i i i truly believe that god god is for our city and um what i want to share is park church has always been for the good of the city since since we've been here and this merger with with gray city church we think is is a part of that um oh side comment i think catalyst is the right word uh for this and for all of you uh, chemistry nerds out there, a catalyst is not something that's just kind of small and off the side of the catalyst, it's, it's aggressive and it changes the properties about uh, whatever it's interacting with. So I'm just excited about that. Uh, that. Again, that's the right word, but I'm, I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 3 when Paul's talking about somebody sows, somebody else waters and somebody else causes, God causes the growth. And man, um, Pastor Matt, I'm sure in Grace City Church, they've been sowing hard. They've put it a lot of work and sewing also sewing is a lot harder than watering in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to, for park church to come, uh, come in and bring some water and maybe we'll throw some Holy spirit miracle grow on there and see what God, God wants to bring about. Uh, yeah. I also see this as just an opportunity to dream big, you know, like what if I, I love asking this question, what if God fill in the blank, you know, cause he's big enough to do it. You know, what if God eradicated homelessness and poverty in the city of Denver? What if adoption and foster care agencies were dissolved because every kid had a loving home? You know, like, is God not big enough to do that? Um, so, like, dreaming big, because um, that's, that's God's heart, you know? It doesn't exist in heaven. Um, and that's what Jesus' prayer was, like, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and we play a role in that, and that's... That's something else that has been, there's like a, this is serious, you know, it's not just people playing church. Um, it's not just people trying to do people things. God is in this. And I believe that. And I think the implications from this merger, I think they exist in the realm of eternity in that, you know, honestly, revival is in the air. Uh, I believe that we'll see the kingdom of the God come and fill the city of Denver with his knowledge of, of his goodness and his love. Um, so yeah, get your hopes up. God's up to something. We're excited. Thank you, Coz. Uh, that's an encouraging word from both of y'all. Um, now I'm going to actually have Rachel Crossland jump on and share.
Hey, Park family. Um, so I moved to Denver about two and a half years ago, and I've been going to Park pretty much since week one. Um, I'm excited about this new congregation merger, partnership, all the things for a lot of reasons. Um, when I was in grad school, I joined a church that had recently merged with another church, and it was just such an awesome experience of people really stepping out of their comfort zones, um, not just sitting with their family or their community group, but just really going the extra mile to meet other people. Everyone was just really excited about the mission of the church, and I think that um, while every church can have that at every time, it's just a really cool picture of what heaven will look like. People just so pumped um, to see what God's doing. And I just am excited to meet new believers and just continue to grow as a church community. The church that I grew up in um, had a sign when you were leaving the parking lot that said you are now entering the mission field. And I always really loved that. I think that's something that I have kind of lost sight of this past year. Uh, just in a year that so many of us have just been trying to survive, I think. <laughs> I think that this is just such a good opportunity to remember that we're in a city with so many image bearers that look so different and um, have had such different upbringings, different SES. Um, and this is just a great reminder that this is a city full of people who need the hope and that, and we have the gospel to share with them and you know, it's always good to have more eyes in more places. And I think this is just a great opportunity for Park as a whole, both congregations to find new ways just to love Denver. And I know Grace City has really been putting in the work. And I think we're just excited to add more people to that, to see more opportunities just to really love on the city. And so, yeah, when I think about it, I'm just really excited. I know God's going to do big things. I know that, um, yeah, something like the virus, as crazy as it's been, obviously was not a surprise to him. Can't stop him from doing anything. And so I'm just really excited to see the ways that Park can grow closer, even though it feels like a time when people are splitting. But I think that this is a really cool opportunity for togetherness, uh, even in two different locations. So I'm just really excited to see everything that God's going to do. Thanks, Rachel. Um... And finally, I'm going to hand it over uh, to the Macoos, Ben and Kylie, and just give them a chance to share a little bit of their excitement and what they believe God's up to. I think they're still on. Um, all right. We're going to just jump into questions. If Ben and Kylie jump back on, we will turn over to them. Uh, I'm going to... Chris, are you there? Sorry. Yeah, can you Ryan. yeah, do you see that it says that uh, you need to turn their video on, I think, over in the chat. You might have accidentally turned their video off. I don't know. Uh, Hello, everybody. Hey, there we go. Surprise. Um, a couple of years ago, we were part of a uh, gospel community, we were part of the Haney's gospel community, and it was bursting at the seams. It was so many people, and we had more kids 
just just kids then could properly be called a small group. It was huge. And um, yeah, we kind of gotten to this point where it was just bursting out of the seams and we just thought, you know, we need to do something about this. And so as a group, uh, and the Haney's led us in this, we just, you know, thought about like what needed to happen next. And um, as a result, uh, Kylie and I ended up uh, planting a new gospel community out of that with a couple of other uh, couples from that group. And and so that gospel community continued to exist, and then a new one sprung up out of that. And it was really exciting. There was a sense of mission, um, both for those who felt compelled to stay and for those who felt compelled to go. Um, and and as a result, we have two gospel communities where there used to be one, and, uh, and there was more space in the original one, <laughs> and there was more space in the new one too, and more people were allowed to uh, kind of come into that, that community together um, and then after that, uh, Jeff Rodland went down to South Denver and planted a church out of Park. And, you know, it's just a regular occurrence at Park that we hear missionaries and church planters speak about what the Lord is doing in Denver and around the world. And um, it's exciting. And over the past year and a half, the Lord has really been working in Kylie and I to help us understand that the life of a Christian is more than believing the right things and knowing the right things and saying the right things, but it's also doing the right things. Micah 6, 8 says that the Lord, what does the Lord require of us? To, to do justly, to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. And so um, we see this opportunity with uh, Park Church downtown as an opportunity to to go and do justice and to do that, what the Lord is calling us to do um, as a church. And, you know, whether, you know, whether, you know, we're of the staying crowd or the going crowd, like the Lord is calling all of us into mission together. So anything but. Yeah, I, we've just been, again, thinking about that um, gospel community plant. And one of the things that was neat about it, um, which I know a lot of other people have mentioned, have mentioned, is just the way that the spirit was working in everybody when we're faced with a decision about like what God wants us to do, to just really ask God and be revived by coming to him and seeing what he wants us to do. Um, and then for many people in our church, the answer is going to be to stay. And for some people, the answer is going to be to go. But either way, um, we are all going to be enlivened with an awareness of what God wants us to do and um, having thought through the reasons why um, and maybe wrestled with scripture over it. I think even just the process of wrestling with the transition is a growth opportunity. And um, so we're excited for the whole church in general for that. Um, and I think for the aspects of going downtown in particular, um, I, most people have already said this, but just the opportunity to um, see people. And there's just such a concentration of people downtown and um, just thinking about like the prophets, which we've spent a little time in this year and how much God's heart is for um, people who are suffering more than they are in the suburbs or um, I mean, even an increased awareness of the people around us who are suffering. I think that awareness of urban ministry can sometimes highlight that. And so those are some of the things we're excited about. We're praying for just individual people in the church to um, be excited about and new about what God is calling them to do, people in our small group, and just each one of us to be able to encounter God even in just the process of this transition. And we appreciate that um, the elders have put so much time into just 
really carefully thinking through the structures and um, answering questions about that. And they've just thought of a lot of different things and trying to do this in a way that is honoring to God and is creative and faithful. And um, yeah, we're just looking forward to seeing how it plays out and seeing where things end up. So. Thank you, Ben and Kylie, and thanks for your patience with my misstep. Um, it does my heart good to just hear from so many in our church about um, what they're excited about. We are now going to kind of transition into a more direct kind of Q&A time. Uh, so if you have questions, feel free to put them in the Q&A. We have a few kind of lined up, so thank you for being active on that. I'm going to flip it over to Gary. He is going to answer a few of them, um, and I'll kind of just post the question that he's answering so you can see those questions in kind of the answered category and then if you have others send them over and we will do our best uh, to give good answers to those thanks ryan um yeah thanks for the questions that are coming in uh i'm sure there will be a lot of questions that you know will help us think about new things so we don't claim to have all the things figured out we we're talking this morning like I feel the lord's given us a lot of thoughts on this and there are a lot of churches that have paved the way in these kinds of partnerships and mergers. So a couple of questions real quick that I can speak to. One was just about leadership feeling stretched in this time. Like if we're already feeling stretched, this is gonna stretch us more. Um, I think our, our leadership team has a lot of energy around this, a lot of excitement, uh, both to help the church re-engage, but also the sense of God being on the move. I, we didn't kind of like um, get into ministry to kind of like take it easy. Uh, we really wanna be a part of what God's doing in the world. And I think pacing and Sabbath and rest and healthy rhythms are a huge piece of our culture. I burnt out a, a few times kind of in the earlier years when I planted a church or after planting a church in Fort Collins a decade ago, really felt just like uh, just the weariness and a lot of the things we led through. I think the Lord's really grown us in our culture of rest, prioritizing Sabbath, prioritizing the health of our families. And uh, so I think certainly there are, are stretches but the structure that we're talking about right now really does allow us to support one another in it. And so um, adding more elders to the elder team is a huge piece of that. So grateful for the energy our elder team has, um, you know, invested in shepherding through a really uh, challenging time, but we do need to and have a plan to grow that elder team. And our staff team is just super competent. It is a gift to serve with people that love Jesus, are incredibly gifted, humble, servant-hearted, gospel lovers, lovers of the city, uh, there's just a really competent staff. I think that's a big question we've been asking is how do we steward this really beautiful staff team that has so many gifts and big vision for what God might want to do in the city. And so uh, part of this is, I think is because I think there's a, there's a vision for our staff about how to continue to love and serve in ways that are being attentive to what the spirit wants to call us to. So I love the question. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I'm a lot better at kind of, in my own heart. And I think paying attention to the pulse of our team, uh, we have no desire to burn anybody out. And, uh, and so I think being attentive to that uh, is really something that's high on our radar. So uh, part of that, that leads into the structure question, the idea of one church and two congregations, instead of just sending out, why, why aren't we planting another church or why aren't we supporting other people? Uh, we are not in any way moving back from our heart to plant new churches. Uh, nor are we in any way moving back from our heart to partner with existing churches. Uh, we continue to partner with new church plants all around the nation. We give tens of thousands of dollars through your generosity to support church plants around the nation and the world, both church plants that came from Park Church, like the Marauders in Virginia Beach or the Bartals in the Czech Republic or in Paris, France, or the Procopios. But also we give a lot of resources to support 
uh, church plants through Acts 29. So we love that. And then when people feel called to plant a new autonomous church from our church family with a different kind of vision uh, than Park or a different DNA or just want to be a particular new church, uh, we are not in any way averse to that. Uh, we have learned, and a lot of churches in urban post-Christian contexts have learned that partnerships or idea of one church with multiple congregations can really serve people. And so this isn't talking about video venue. We're not putting our faces up on screens and multiplying screens around the city. Again, COVID, you know, accepting. Uh, but we're not trying to kind of multiply uh, kind of like a video venue thing. We're talking about pastoral leaders, preaching leaders, uh, equippers of the saints, disciple makers that we're trying to multiply. And often when you have one church and multiple congregations in a city like Denver, um, I mean, as parks growing in our current building, we have options like do a $4 million building, you know, renovation, which we seriously considered for about a year working with, you know, owners, reps and architects, like how can we, how can we give space for what God's doing here? Um, you could move out away from the city and get bigger space. But a part of that also is saying, Hey, how do we continue to multiply leaders when we're not, not, we don't necessarily have people who are saying, hey, I want to plant a new church tomorrow or I want to plant a new autonomous church different than park. But how do we continue to multiply but still partner together in, in ministries like seminars we do, equipping ministries, actually caring for shepherds? It is a lonely and challenging thing uh, to be kind of a solo uh, lead pastor or even just two lead pastors in a growing church. I've done it and been there. And the idea of partnership, where we get to kind of have camaraderie, care, development, vision, shared kind of heart for the city, but also sharing in different ministries and resources we can provide, uh, really does give us a chance to, I think, leverage uh, some of the resources we have as a bigger congregation that can really uh, work towards helping a smaller congregation. But the smaller congregation also has ability to meet specific needs in specific neighborhoods uh, around the city. And so for us, the idea of one church with multiple congregations felt like a way to steward kind of who we are and uh, and something we've seen be really fruitful in post-Christian cities. Um, great. I'm going to have Miguel answer a question a little bit about his role downtown and then um, just what is it, how are we kind of going down there and what is the hope to reach underserved and underprivileged populations downtown? Yeah. Absolutely. So just real quick, speaking to my role. So man, I will still be able, I'll still oversee our uh, gospel communities um, here in the Highlands, but also even at downtown. And the beautiful thing is that, man, we have a, a, a good structure that has been put in place, I believe, to help steward and lever some of that. I mean, one in particular with our coaches, uh, we have coaches that oversee cohorts that make up gospel communities in a specific um, area or region in Denver. So um, so it's not just me leveraging all that, but also having um, qualified and equipped leaders, uh, coaches who've been at Park for a very long time, had a lot of life behind them to help uh, shepherd and care for our leaders um, with me as well. So that's one of the ways uh, how I'm able to still oversee both um, groups in, in, in both congregations. In addition to that, uh, role will also look like um, being one of the congregational pastors with Matt downtown. Uh, which will be preaching and helping shepherd and cast vision and be the pastors um, for the downtown congregation. As as Pastor Gary mentioned, um, it's not just a video venue. It's, you know, with real people, Matt and myself, we won't be on the screen. We'll be there with you seeing folks, shepherding people, loving folks, um, being the pastors of that congregation as well. So, I mean, there'll be some distinctive as far as like some day-to-day -day things that our role will look 
may be different of who's doing what, but man, we'll be giving leadership to downtown and, and helping um, shepherd you all as well. In addition to with some lay leaders that'll be having some key roles as well. But I want to speak to the question that was talked about with diversity. It was, it was it particularly, it was asked, um, how much is our hope, right? How much is our, how much is our hope for downtown to um, park downtown to reach the underserved, underprivileged population? Um, it is much of our hope, as our sister Meg uh, kind of preached our heart happy a little bit. Um, it, it is exactly what we want to do. We want to be able to serve people and have the heart of God, have the heart of Jesus as we're down there. Um, and that's part of one of, that's one of the things we have to be dirty. We have to smell like sheep. We have to smell like the people we can be high on our pedestal, right? Now, the reality is this, what is that, what does the strategy of that look like to steward the privilege that, um, that, that the questions asked is like, will we continue to be a primarily privileged people? Um, here's the thing, God has given us privilege so that we can resource for his kingdom. And so while there will be strategies to be uh, down the road that we will have to figure out what does that strategy look like as a church, as a whole, but also what does that strategy look like for individually as God move and stir in your heart, right? That we don't always have to wait for uh, a message from the, from the pulpit to be active for God's kingdom, but do know and, and, and rest assured um, one of the ways that the strategies that we're going to be able to leverage our privilege is stewarding our privilege um, for, for God's kingdom. What does it look like to reach our hand down with a humble posture? Or better yet, let me say this, what does it look like for us to get down on our hands and knees with our privilege and wash the feet of those that Jesus modeled for us before he went to the cross? So it's every bit of our hope. And as Pastor Matt mentioned, it's not just, it, it, it's, it's, it's the business, it is the arts, it is a diverse in all forms, but best believe we want to reach the marginalized and disenfranchised. And that's what we got to have the heart of people. And that's why it's serious for like, like, like Chance said, this ain't, we ain't, this ain't Mickey Mouse play. If I can use that Chance didn't say that, but I, I'm saying that, but uh, we, this is people's lives. These are souls that are at stake. People will go to hell and we want to see uh, God's kingdom prevail here on earth. Um, so yeah, I'll just stop there. I got a little excited for a second. My bad. So <laughs> I love it when Miguel gets excited. Um, I am going to go to Matt. There's a question about partnerships in the five points area um, and then how Grace City is responding to this. And also recognize that we're coming up on time. Uh, we'll probably answer those two questions and then uh, have Chris pray us out to end the evening. Um, and then we might hang around for a little bit. But Matt, if you can answer those. Yeah. Um, yeah, we spent chunks of time like meeting with other churches and just um, kind of just sharing our appreciation of, I think, you know, Rhino was not super cool going back a decade ago and before that. And um, there has been a, a fair amount of gentrification in Rhino and Five Points, Curtis Park neighborhood over the last 20 years or so. And so I think going in and just honoring some really gritty, faithful, hard work to share the gospel and to love neighbors well that go back decades. Um, and the reality is some of those pastors feel kind of the, the, uh, the aging of their congregations at the same time. Um, some historic congregations that are kind of aging out and not not as adaptable to a lot of the changes and who is coming. Um, the, the number of service agencies there, I mean, there are probably eight, I think within 
three blocks of our location and we've met with all of them built like pretty good relationships with most of them um, even where we don't necessarily see eye to eye in their like kind of their why um, we mostly agree with their what and um, have just come into the neighborhood and said like you often have I mean, typically suburban churches that partner with these service agencies, we said, what would it, what would a relationship look like? Or how could it be different? Like knowing there's literally a church on this corner and we more want to be a part of the fabric of this neighborhood for years and years and years to generations to come Lord willing. And what would it look like to have a different kind of partnership where it's not simply coming in and serving a meal or donating socks and gloves and hand warmers. And um, we're into all of that sort of thing as well, because those are, those are helpful things. Um, we do a weekly meal at the rescue mission, which over the summer was for many months, it was actually up at the uh, national Western stock show. And we serve like, I think seven or 800 meals a night up there. And now it's at the Coliseum and it's more like three or 400. But um, still big needs there that we're trying to, to be a part of. And um, frankly, we still feel like we're new to the area, even after a few years and are still like very much in ask questions mode or make suggestions kind of mode concerning the other stuff that is there ministry wise, whether it's gospel centered or just people seeking the shalom of the neighborhood. Um, how are people respond? Our church is responding incredibly well. They've got, I would say they've got super thoughtful questions that you would kind of anticipate for the most part. Um, and, uh, you know, seeking clarification, seeking like, I'm excited. What does my next step look like? Um, yeah. So, uh, I think, I think overall just super, super excited. And, you know, some of the things that you even talked about on this call, um, they're excited for the same reasons, just bigger mission, bigger vision. Um, the picture of Moses and Exodus came up of like, sometimes you're serving and you're small and you feel exhausted and other people come around you and the, just the, the additional energy and boost and excitement to hold your arms up together and all that kind of stuff is just very exciting to them. So they're, they're super positive. Thanks, Matt. Um, we've had a few questions come through on just like, will there be distinctives between congregations? Um, and I just want to have Gary kind of address that specifically what's in the chat. And then one other question that kind of came up on the Q and a. Uh, yeah, just even, uh, thinking about specifically Ryan, you're wanting, uh, specifics around, are there going to be difference between the two congregations yeah. kind of thing? Um, yeah, I, I mean, there will be, uh, we don't want it to be like, Hey, if you care about justice, go downtown. If you like, don't care so much, stay in the highlands. Uh, we love the gospel and the gospel calls us to be, um, self-giving lovers of other people and wherever we're called to do that. And so that might look different in different neighborhoods, but that, you know, park where we are right now, we are very much a regional church. So the needs in your neighborhoods and your workplaces and your industries are very different. And so our, our heart as a church is continue to show the self-giving love of Christ that we, talk, we talked about today, displayed on the cross. And as we experience that love to become people that show that love to others. And so when you're kind of have a heart of compassion and love, proximity breeds empathy. That's kind of like standard, you know, like uh, 
wisdom for how we think about like, what does your heart leap for? What's the brokenness you see? And what brokenness do you see? It's the stuff you're around. And so because of that, the, the kind of brokenness around the downtown area might be different than the brokenness that's experienced by families in Arvada or families in Littleton or families in the Highlands or families in Westminster or wherever families are coming from. And so uh, because of that, there will be some different flavor and culture to the different congregations because they're going to be reaching different demographics and involved and engaged in different needs in the city with the heartbeat of preach the gospel, uh, see people through the gospel, be transformed, help them learn what it means to follow the way of Jesus, obey all that he commanded us, um, not because we need to earn something, but to show his love. This is just, uh, that's a heartbeat of who will be anywhere God calls us to be. This is the gospel. It's the mission of the church. It is core. It will drive us everywhere. Uh, but I think that will look different. You know, if you sent a church planting team to South Africa, if you sent a church planting team to, to Brazil or to East Asia uh, or to downtown or to Arvada, uh, it would look different. It would look different. The community is different. The needs that people are wrestling through uh, are different uh, at a kind of tangible surface level. Deep down, it's the same need, uh, right? We need God's love and we need God's grace and we need to be people that show that love in the way we live. Uh, but so they'll have different flavors to it, but we're not kind of, we want all of our churches to be like, man, we are, we are in for showing God's love in this world and proclaiming the good news of the gospel everywhere he calls us. So, uh, so there will be differences and there'll be the, the core mission uh, won't be different at all. And uh, the heartbeat to be about what God's about won't be different at all. Uh, Ryan, was there another question you wanted me to speak to? No, that was, that was great. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, some of just the, the ways that that is lived out in our context will be different, but the heart of uh, Jesus is at the center of uh, all that we're doing as a church. Yeah. And I might say this too, we'll be able to partner together in things, right? If there are specific needs that are, we're facing downtown, that we want to mobilize all of us from both congregations to care for certain needs. Uh, we can do that. If there are certain needs happening in other places of the city, there are ways when there's opportunity. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about being one church and two congregations. When there's, opportunity to be one church engaged in a specific area, uh, we want to do that. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll always be leaning into opportunities to continue to stay together where we can stay together, but be particular where it, where it makes sense to be particular. Great. Thank you. Um, I think with that, I'm going to have Chris uh, close us in prayer tonight. Thank you all for staying on. I know that most of us will be able to stay on and answer a few more questions uh, if we want, but kind of we're going to formally shut it down and stop the recording after Chris prays. So uh, thank you guys. All right, let's pray. God, we are so grateful. We're so grateful that you love us. You loved us so much that you sent your only son to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. God, thank you that you give us this incredible privilege to share that good news with as many people as we possibly can. And Lord, I just pray that that would be the heartbeat. That would be the center of why uh, we want to, we believe that you're calling us to be one church with two congregations. And so Lord, um, we, we are not entering into this thinking we have it all figured out. God, we need your wisdom. We need your, uh, your vision for the city, for your church. And so God continue to provide that. Um, and Lord, we know we cannot do anything apart from the power of your spirit. And so spirit, would you, empower us and give us your heart, your vision for the city, God. Give us your love. 
Um, and God, for those who still have questions, I pray that we'd have opportunities even tonight as we stay on to answer those questions, um, to help bring some more clarity. And God, as we move forward, we want to be united. We want to be one church for your glory and the joy of all people. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, thank, thank you all for joining us. Yeah. And as Gary said, um, we'll be posting kind of that, uh, another survey and I'll, we'll send out an email, uh, tomorrow with that as well. So, um, you can look for that and kind of interest in other questions that you might have. Thank you all. Thank you. Hey, Ryan, Ryan mentioned this as people, uh, exit the call. If you have additional questions that you didn't get answered, uh, you know, a couple of us are happy to stick around a bit, uh, and answer as much as we can. Uh, or if you want to shoot us an email, we're also happy to engage through email. You can check out the website. We answered a lot of questions there as well. Thank y'all for hopping on. Appreciate y'all. Sleep well, rest well. Thank y'all for your time. Go cheese. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, man. We can, uh, I can speak real quick. The Africans asked a question about gospel communities. Uh, it's a great question. I think it's a big question that maybe a lot of people feel. We're not going to uh, say uh, that anybody, especially this spring, to go downtown doesn't have to mean that somebody leaves their gospel community. Uh, long term, we think it makes more sense uh, for gospel communities to be specific to the congregation. So for their downtown congregation have groups of gospel communities that are particular there. And so when we start new groups, uh, we'll always start new groups based on those congregations. And, uh, and long-term we think uh, people that are going downtown should potentially be praying about uh, and asking God, you know, about becoming a part of a downtown gospel community. Uh, but we're going to actually uh, give some space for people to phase that in different ways, pray about that in different ways. There might be people who long-term think, man, I've, I'm embedded in this community here with where I live. Uh, and we realize there might be a little bit of clunkiness. Uh, we've just kind of opted to not be uh, at this point, you know, uh, lead, not to lead strongly that somebody needs to do that uh, because of even the proximity of the congregations uh, geographically. We think, you know, people from all over the city might be able to continue to participate in the gospel community in their neighborhood, uh, but be part of kind of a different congregation as uh, worship and mission in the city. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Maybe we'll find out, you know, a year from now that, man, we should do this different. And we'll try to thoughtfully uh, lead towards that if, if God leads us in that way. So um, any other thoughts around that? I don't know if I kind of hit the high level stuff. Miguel, do you have other thoughts about that? No, that was great. You asked, you, you're, yep, you're spot on. I can chat, uh, Allison, to your question. Yeah, all, so uh, Matt is the only full-time staff member at Grace City. Um, so he will be staying on and becoming a member of uh, Park Church's staff. They have a lot of really dedicated volunteers um, that we're kind of building relationships with and will continue to be a part of everything that we're doing downtown. Um, but Matt is the only staff person and yeah, he'll be staying uh, on.
And somebody asked a question about um, eldership. Uh, was it going to be specific? And we will have elders that are specific uh, congregational elders for the different congregations, but still a group of um, non-staff elders that provide kind of like um, accountability and oversight uh, to the whole of Park Church, which we have that right now. We have elders as we're shepherding, leading, and we have uh, non-staff elders that provide some accountability, fiscal accountability, organizational accountability. Uh, that team will grow as well uh, in the coming uh, months and years. And so um, I can answer more. We'll share more about that in the weeks to come as we talk about eldership and the future of eldership at Park. Ryan, you want to answer the question about the financial question that just came through? Yeah, I can speak to that as well. Um, we are not taking on any debt. So Grace City is in a really healthy financial place. Um, we do have a we're signing a lease agreement for use of the Asterix building and then some office space uh, right across the street as well. Um, and pretty favorable terms um, on those leases to kind of, uh, the heart is to have a church in the heart of downtown with um, on both of those leases. So we're excited and don't feel, um, it is a commitment, but it's not a burden that's gonna sink uh, Park financially. All right, I think with that, we're gonna end the call. I don't know if there's anything else that you guys wanna say, but uh, feel free to follow up with email with any of us and uh, it's good being with you all tonight. I, hey, I'll speak to this real quick. There's not a lot of people left on the call. Happy to answer the questions that just came through. Uh, we've been working concurrently with Grace City's elders and leaders. Uh, this was something for us, uh, kind of as we processed a, a kind of walk through a pretty pretty thoughtful process there's a book called better together that talks a lot about church partnerships and kind of walk through a model with our elder teams uh kind of it's like a five phase model our elder teams and then also um staff teams leaders together kind of processing praying first are we interested in this second is it even feasible to think about it what are all the questions we have are we aligned theologically philosophically uh, our, our visions aligned, our, what would we do with these different ministries, and kind of walk through all those questions behind the scenes. Uh, because of some of the implications of what this means for Grace, Grace City, uh, which specifically, uh, you know, it will uh, mean in terms of just identity, not in terms of mission or vision or what they're all about, but in terms of identity, it, it means the dissolution of their kind of the organization of Grace City as they merge into Park Church. Um, we are just pretty thoughtful to not kind of like uh, release this uh, before or kind of um, unveil it before uh, at a really broad way. Uh, but also just as a church leadership team, I think where we are as a church, I think processing and praying, uh, we talked about, hey, what's, you know, are we going to, this isn't something that we needed a, like a church vote on, but it's something we very much cared about, uh, kind of people sentiment. And so we rolled it out to group leaders, answered questions with group leaders, uh, kind of processing with them a couple weeks ago. And uh, I've just been constantly trying to just be attentive to the questions and the feedback. But there is a, from our elders, our staff, our group leaders, an incredible sense of excitement and alignment that I think gave us a real confidence to lead into this with uh, not so much a we wonder if, uh, but more of a we see God doing this and really welcome questions, feedback, uh, and those will continue to shape us. Um, but I think 
uh, for a church our size of, you know, again, maybe 1,200 people on a Sunday and a lot more that kind of engage, uh, we didn't feel the need to kind of process it as a big, what do you think question uh, before we got to a real sense of, we feel like the Lord's leading us into that. Um, that not everybody's going to like love that response, but I'm just trying to be direct about how we process that. Uh, but the feedback and the questions really do matter. Uh, but I think we had enough confidence and resonance with a pretty broad leadership team to feel confident to lead forward with real direction. Awesome. Thank you all. Good night.